Amen. Resurrection power, and that freedom resides inside of us. And amazing enough, it's not something we have to go out looking for. God so loved us, and he called us, and the moment he called us and we surrendered, the Holy Spirit baptized us in his presence. He came to live within us and to dwell within us. If you have your Bibles, if you would, open them to the book of Acts chapter 2 as we want to look at the start of the church. We've been spending these several weeks and the rest of this year looking at exactly what the church is and understanding that the church is the body of Jesus Christ. And when Christ came to earth as a baby, lived a perfect life, died on that cross for you and for me, and then went to the grave and rose again, he had to leave and ascend to heaven for the purpose of sending the Holy Spirit. I know for some the Holy Spirit might make you a little bit nervous, but we're going to learn a little bit of, about Holy Spirit and understand that's the power. We want power to be able to fight in the world today against sin. That power comes from the Holy Spirit within us. We want power to be able to get through each day as a believer. We have that power is within us as it comes through the Holy Spirit. Let me inform you of a little something in case you have never heard. How many of you would like to have the power that God has? Amen? You do. Holy Spirit is residing in you. The power is within us. What we have to learn to do is to harness that power and how to use that power. That power is not there for our freedom to do what we want. There are times that I might wish I had the power to go zap and someone be gone. Many of us have probably had days like that. But that's not what the power is. Do you know why Jesus Christ was on earth? He was all human and he was all man and he was all God and he had that power. But he chose to clothe over his glory and he chose to use the power between him and God for the purpose of God's working. Christ was resurrected through the grave through that power. The church was started through this power as the power descended, as we're going to see in just a moment, on each of these disciples. And we as believers have that power. Let's understand how it comes about and what it does. If you would stand, please, out of honor of the reading of God's Word from Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit was giving them utterances. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes 
and Elimelites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Aegis, Asa, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the district of Libya and Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying they are full of sweet wine. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, I pray now that you would help us, Lord, to hear from you today, Lord, that we could understand the significance of what this day represents, Lord, of being Pentecost. And Father, would you help us to hear and to receive you? Father, would you help me to just be totally open to Holy Spirit can fill me in every part of me? And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. The wonderful part of this scripture starts off with uh, the obedience as we see that they were gathered together there at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Let's look first of all today at the waiting on Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but waiting is not my number one top priority. It should be. Waiting is not the easiest thing for me to do. I don't know if you are like me or not, but waiting doesn't come naturally. But Jesus told these disciples and these followers to go back to Jerusalem and to wait, and they went to that room and they began to pray, and they spent 10 days waiting. I've probably shared with you all before that my waiting doesn't come the way it should. I I can go shopping sometimes for something that I need, and the store doesn't have it, and I can order it and get it in two days, and that's not good enough, so I don't order it. But do you know how many weeks might go by before I do finally get it? I just don't like the idea of waiting. But great things happen when we wait. When we wait upon the Lord, great things happen. When we pray to God and He answers us, sometimes that answer is what? Wait. But let me tell you, when God says wait, there is something special because He sees the whole picture. Aren't you thankful sometimes for unanswered prayers, as that song says? But you know, I don't believe in an unanswered prayer. I believe when God answers prayers of His believers... He has three answers that he might give. Yes, no, and wait. God's timing is better than my timing. God's timing is better than your timing. These disciples were told to go and to wait, and they were waiting there together. And it says when the day of Pentecost had come, or when it was completed, when that time had come, just like the birth of Christ There was a designated, ordained time by God for Jesus to be born. It wasn't random. It wasn't by the luck of the draw. Things had to be ready for Christ to come. Just as for the Holy Spirit to come, the time had to be right. The time had to be ready. They gathered together in unity. You remember this. And they were praying and they were waiting And when the day came of Pentecost, 
that celebrated from their other festivals. You remember we looked at those. One festival was Passover. That's when Christ was crucified on that festival. Then they had first fruits. That's when Christ resurrected was on the time of the festival of the first fruits, the first one being raised from the grave. And now here we are 50 days later and we see from the resurrection time that it's now time for Christ to ascend so that the Holy Spirit can come down. God had that time ordained and ready and they were waiting and they were in unity. That's important. I believe for Holy Spirit to be able to truly work in our life, we have to be willing to wait for Him. We have to be willing to wait for His leading. How do we know how to pray? How many of you would love to be able to reach heaven every time you prayed and God answered the phone directly and answer your prayer? It can happen. When you pray in Christ, when you praying in God's Word and you are allowing Holy Spirit to speak through you. There we go. Y'all still there? Holy Spirit. This is something I, I've been reading on and, and I'm learning right now is to, when I sit down and pray, my prayers are really not my prayers. When I want my prayers answered, I'm listening to Holy Spirit and I'm communing with God, and God is speaking with me, and He's showing me direction for my life. He's showing us direction. He puts in our heart what He wants, and when you pray His will, I guarantee you, without a shadow of a doubt, through experience, on the power and the authority of word, God will answer your prayers. Now, when I get down there and I get selfish, and the prayers are all about me, and they have nothing to do with God, and I don't need to expect Him to answer. His Scripture says, pray in His name, pray in His will. So they were waiting, and the day of Pentecost came, the day that God had ordained a Holy Spirit come down. Let's look secondly at the coming of the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit. This changed all of history. This was a pivotal point in time of history when the Holy Spirit came because prior to this, Holy Spirit was evident all in the Old Testament. Holy Spirit would come and he would reside on someone for the purpose of what God was wanting to do and then the Holy Spirit would leave. But at this point in history, what we know today as the church began and the Holy Spirit came to permanently indwell people. When the Holy Spirit comes upon a believer, the Holy Spirit does not leave. We talk about the Lord not leaving us, not forsaking us. He indwells us with the Holy Spirit. Let's look here beginning in verse 2. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterances. Suddenly, from heaven, we need to understand where this is coming from. You remember, Jesus went up to heaven. Now, suddenly from heaven, descending down a noise like... 
Does your all your Bibles have light? It wasn't necessarily a wind like we think of today, but it was a noise like a violent rushing wind. But let me explain this to you. A lot of times when I think of violence, I think of destruction. Would many of you think of that? You think of a violent tornado, you think of destruction. We've seen that on the news. We've seen it around here. We've seen violent winds in just the last few weeks and trees down all around. But this violent is not a destructive violent. It is talking about the power of this rushing wind. It come down like a violent rushing wind, a power. So much so that everyone heard it. And we see here that it happened where they were sitting in that house. Now, I've read on this, and there are some debates. You know, you always have people, you get two together, they want to debate. Some say that they were still in the upper room where everyone was gathered. And some say that they were in the church or in the temple. And we know that the temple often is referred to as house. You know, Solomon built a house for the Lord. And I believe from looking at that that the house is probably the temple because other people heard it and they were able to come. Can you imagine, church, some men and some women together and they're praying all together and all of a sudden a violent rushing wind come in so much that everyone around heard, did God have to send Holy Spirit with a violent rushing wind to get him into their lives? No. It got people's attention. And I promise you, when Holy Spirit comes, Holy Spirit gets people's attention. People came there, and they began to see what was happening, and these tongues, it looked like tongues of fire was coming down with this wind, and it began to rest or to permanently dwell on each of them that were there. The Holy Spirit was coming and baptizing them, just like it says over in Acts 1 and verse 5, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. They came and they rested, they surrounded them and they covered them. But there's something important about the wind when we see this violent rushing wind. If we look in Scripture for wind and we we do a study of it, we see some amazing things happening when we see wind. Take your Bibles and turn over with me, please, to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1. I want you to listen as this description of wind comes up again. This is known to many called the Valley of the Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them around about, and behold, they were, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were, what, very dry. These are some bones that have been there a while. There's no skin left on them. There's no muscle. It's just a valley full of, as he's describing, so we understand, very dry. There's no hope for them. God, as he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? 
Wow, how Ezekiel has the answer. And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath or wind to enter you that you may come to life. Breath and wind go hand in hand together. Some words that get used interchangeable. And when God spoke to these bones and he was going to put his breath into those bones, it made them come alive. I would have loved to have been there. I probably would have shook in my boots. I love the kids' song in those videos, and you can begin to hear those bones moving, and all of a sudden, those bones come together, and each one knows its own body, and it comes together, and God puts sinew and skin over it, and they're there, and God breathes life into them. The Holy Spirit came like a rushing wind. It brought life to the church. It brought life to us. You see, we were dead in sin and trespassed from God, but the moment Holy Spirit come in like a mighty rushing wind and filled us, we become alive. We also see that over in Genesis 2-7 at the very beginning when God is creating the heavens and the earth and all of the animals and he decides to make man and he forms man. But what had to happen, it tells us God breathed life into him. God took his wind and put it in man and made man alive. This mighty rushing wind brought life to the church. It brings life to us, and it makes a difference. It restores us. It brings us alive. What happened when the Holy Spirit came? It talks there back in Acts about the resting of those tongues on each one of them, and they were, what does it say there? And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's where we start getting interesting. I want you to listen close. We get baptized once with the Holy Spirit. You know, Christ only had to die once. Christ only had to resurrect one time. We get baptized at the moment of our salvation one time, but we're constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. We can see all through Scripture times of filling of Holy Spirit. But what is this filling? You know, you have to take a cup, and if you have an empty cup, and you put something in it, and I put it to right about here, is that full? What if I put it right here? And I begin to fill it, and you can begin to see it tip over just the top. Then it's full, and then it begins to overflow. Holy Spirit, if we want to have the power of resurrection, this freedom power in us, Holy Spirit must fill us. Holy Spirit's not going to come in to your life as a motel and you check him into room head. And you know what? We're going to be gracious. Let's give him the, the sweet. We're going to give him room head and room heart. It's not what Holy Spirit wants. Holy Spirit wants to fill you. He must have total access to every area of your life. 
your mind, your heart, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your hands, everything about you must be totally surrendered. You must be willing, listen here, you must be willing to take that one key that you have hidden away that no one else knows about but you. You must be willing to take that last key. Holy Spirit, here. I want you in every part to feel me, Holy Spirit. That's what happened. These men were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, we get to begin to see the work of what the Holy Spirit does. And the first thing it talks about is they began to speak with other tongues. Not the little organ in your mouth, tongues, we know that. Not some kind of babbling, carrying on nonsense that is uncontrolled. This other tongue, if you see other times, is talking about language. When the Holy Spirit filled them, he gave them the power there at the temple. Everyone has heard the noise. All of the people have come. Now, let me remind you what's going on. Remember, I told you this was Feast of Pentecost. That is one of the feasts that people were required to come to. They came to Passover. They come to First Fruits. And then 50 days later is Pentecost. Most people that have traveled for this mandatory feast have stayed in Jerusalem and around. So you're not just the Jerusalem people. You have people, as we would say, and for their time, from all over the world, lots and lots of people. In reading of some of the culture and the times, some people didn't particularly like the Feast of Pentecost because it was so crowded. Maybe we could say New Orleans at Mardi Gras time. You couldn't move around. There were so many people there. But all of a sudden, God sends the Holy Spirit to fill these men for his purpose of praising him. As it talked about over there, they were praising him and talking about his mighty deeds. But they were doing it in other languages than their own. That's power. Trust me. I've tried Hebrew. It's not easy. Some of these spoke Aramaic, some Hebrew, some Greek, all the different dialects. But what's amazing with the power of the Holy Spirit, when these men spoke in these languages, everyone there heard it in their own language and their own dialect. Killer, they understood Cajun language. You know, we can't always understand the Cajun. There are some other names for it I'm not going to say here. But we don't understand Japanese, many of us. We don't understand all these other languages. But can you imagine being in a room and these guys began to speak and everyone there was hearing them praise God. They were got the attention from the noise. The Spirit filled them. They began to speak in these languages. It says, as the Spirit was giving them utterances. Not their own words. But as the Spirit filled them, he was telling them, and they were speaking, and the crowd was caught by this sound, and they were bewildered. We see there again in verse 6, and one of them was hearing them speak in his own language or his own tongue. That's very important that we understand that. I know this is not a sermon on this, but when we see different languages, 
when we see different tongues, it was used for the purpose of edifying God. The Holy Spirit did that, and people were hearing. If I was to get up here and just begin to babble away, and none of you understood what I said, that would be a misrepresentation of speaking in tongues. If I got up here and began to babble where none of you could understand it, I believe it would be a misrepresentation of God at this point of what he's talking about because God is a God of order. And when we see them speaking here as Holy Spirit rested on them, those there understood for the proclamation of the gospel. They were filled with every area that was available. Let's look at Ephesians 5 and verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, And do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. Be filled with the Spirit. They were talking about there, we're going to see in the end, some of them were mocking, talking about they were filled with wine. They were thinking that they were just out of their heads and out of control. And it's saying here that that's dissipation. You lose control. That's why he says don't be filled with wine. You lose control when you become drunk. I think all of us would believe that, and that's what he's talking about. But he wants you to have total control of Holy Spirit. That's the key there, being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But we also see the work of Holy Spirit. And this is very interesting in studying this. We give that list of all those names there, Uh, Beginning in verse 7, it says, They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not these who are speaking Galileans? Remember, the disciples of Christ were from Galilee, so they would have had a different language or dialect. And it says, verse 8, And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? And it gives a list of all these different areas. Let me tell you what's amazing. If you take all those areas and you plot them out, it makes a circle all around the Sea of Galilee. But you know what? We begin to see the work of the Holy Spirit when he came and they began to speak and everyone understood in their own language. We might could say we see a forgiveness here. We begin to see a reversal of the judgment at the Tower of Babel. You remember there at Tower of Babel where they began to to build up this tower for self. Look at what we can do. We all speak the same language at that time. They're going to build a tower to show how great and mighty they are. And God comes in and he disperses them all out speaking different languages. But here we see when the Holy Spirit comes, we begin to see everyone is understanding in their own language again. If you go to Genesis 10, you see a a list of all the nations that were there. And 11, Genesis 11, is where they all get dispersed out. But here, we begin to see everyone from around, all the different nations have come back together. And here they are, all hearing in their own language. Isn't that amazing how Holy Spirit reaches out? Holy Spirit brings power. The church begins to be formed right here, everyone coming back together. And also we see that God wanted all people or everyone to know he was interested in them. 
God could have chose at this moment to allow Holy Spirit to come and that these men speak in Greek only. Because you remember that's what most of them understood. But he could have chosen to let them speak in any of these other languages, but he chose to speak to all of them. God wanted them to know that he's interested in everybody. And what I love here is he's interested in meeting us where we are. You know, as a sinner, we cannot clean ourselves up enough to come before God. Amen? The only way we can come before God is because God loves us and God calls us and through his shed blood of his son, we get the freedom of the power. God wants to meet us where we are. God didn't want them to have to, hey, if you want to know me, you got to go learn this language. You have to do something so that you can understand me. No, God was showing, I care about everyone in the world. I don't care what language you are. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what nationality you are. God loves all people, and he wanted to meet them right where they were and take them from there and make them what he wanted them to be. And they, verse 12, and they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to another, one another, what does this mean? But verse 13 There's always one in the group. Verse 13. But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wine. They're in the midst of one of the most miraculous, powerful events in history that changed all of history. They're sitting here seeing men that they know don't know these languages. And everyone there is hearing it and all they can say is, mocking them and saying they're full of sweet wine. Let me inform you, when the Holy Spirit moves, there's always someone there ready to try to squash it. There's always some. But what's amazing is the power of Holy Spirit is greater than they are. Amen? The power of Holy Spirit in you is greater than the enemy. When Holy Spirit begins to get full and you allow him total access to your life, he begins to move and he begins to work. It ain't long before Satan tries to step in and put something in your life to squash it. We talk about the mountain high and the valley low. But you know, I love the song, God is still God. God on the mountain is still God in the valley. He's still there with us, and we are filled with Holy Spirit. And when we are waiting for Holy Spirit, and He's come upon our life, and He begins to work, we must give Him total access, and we must be holding on and ready, because God's going to work. But be expecting that the enemy's there. But let me leave you with this. He who is within you is greater than he who is without. So let me encourage you. You're part of the church as a born-again believer. You're part of the church. Holy Spirit's in you. But remember I said greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Give Holy Spirit total access 
so that he could fill you totally because when you are totally full of Holy Spirit, there's no room for anything else. The moment we begin to pull part of it back, the moment Satan tries to grab a hold, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the resurrection power. And we do it by waiting upon Holy Spirit and communing with Him, allowing Him to work and give us full access. May you bow your heads.